I'm Scott Kerr, and you're listening to Facing the Giants, a podcast where I speak to today's luxury entrepreneurs about taking on the Goliaths of the industry. My guest on Facing the Giants is Charlie Clifford, co-founder and director of Rome, a premium direct-to-consumer luggage brand that lets the customer completely customize their suitcase to their personal style. No newbie to the industry, Charlie Clifford has spent nearly 50 years on the luggage business and has built two premium brands, both the beloved high-end suitcase brand Toomey and now Rome. Charlie launched Rome in 2018 with the goal of addressing the shortfalls of mass-produced luggage. Welcome, Charlie. Hello, Scott. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for joining me. So before we dive into your newest venture with Rome, listeners should know that you created Toomey Luggage in the 1970s and turned it into a leading global premium luggage brand. I can devote a whole entire podcast just talking about building the Toomey business. Back then, what was the gap that you were seeing in the marketplace that sparked the idea for Toomey Luggage versus the market opportunity when you launched Rome? Well, that's a that's a very far-reaching question to start our discussion. <laughs> uh, I think that I, I wish I could say that I had a, a carefully crafted business plan uh, when we started Toomey, but I uh, Toomey was launched in 1975. Uh, at that time, it was uh, no reservations, no itinerary. I knew something about the product category because I'd been working with a small company that was importing bags. The marketing concept of, of really appealing to uh, business travelers, which was Toomey's core uh, customer base, that didn't really evolve for probably seven or eight years into the brand. And by the early 80s, 82, 83, we realized, I realized that people who were traveling frequently were willing to pay a little bit more uh, for the product. They had different requirements than the casual traveler. And I decided that if we focused on the business traveler, that we could essentially offer a premium product, a better product, uh, charge a little bit more money for it by putting uh, more uh, more make into the product mm-hmm. and essentially create a, start developing a brand rather than just selling a product by by virtue of uh, having it being a well-priced uh, a commodity a, a carrier if you will or bag so the, the focus was on the business traveler Hartman luggage at the time was the market leader uh, and it had done a terrific job and we thought we could build a better mousetrap and we essentially came up with our own homegrown design. Uh, we had an in-house designer who designed our, Jeff Bertelson, who designed our multi-pocket organizational concept. Mm-hmm. And we began going very hard after the business traveler with a more modern approach that, than Hartman was offering at the time. What point did you see there was a market opportunity for launching Rome? 35 years or so between the launch of Tumi and Rome, uh, actually, 1975 to it was over 40 years. The market had evolved quite a lot. There was a period during the 80s and particularly the 90s and the aughts, even more so, when most business travelers were uh, very happy to travel with black luggage. They, the idea was they wanted to fit in. Uh, Tumi had become a well-respected brand, and by carrying Tumi luggage, they were essentially identifying themselves with with a high-end premium brand. That was clearly designed for road warriors or people traveling frequently. When we launched Rome in in 2017, the idea began coming together. We decided to focus on people who were looking for an opportunity to express their personality. We made a decision that we were going to produce in the U.S. We were very proud to be American-made. And by producing in the U.S., essentially, we were able to offer people the opportunity to choose their own color combinations to design a piece of luggage 
that would reflect their personality, their own sense of style, and essentially end up with a bespoke product. Nobody was doing this uh, at that time, and, and it continues today. Virtually all luggage that's sold in America is mass-produced in Asia, most of it in China, some of it in other countries. And essentially, you end up with thousands, tens of thousands, in some cases, of products that are lookalike products. And black luggage was still dominant uh, going into the teens. And we, we felt that by offering a, a choice of colors, but not just a choice of colors, offering the opportunity for people to pick out the combination that best suited them uh, would essentially allow us to separate ourselves from the pack and offer a, a, a very unique product. And you, in effect, we created a unique selling proposition. So what is the mission of Rome? The mission of Rome is to allow people who uh, would like to express their personality to be able to do it through the luggage and their everyday bags they're carrying. We began Rome with straight luggage pieces with hard side luggage, carry-on sizes and check-in luggage. But we, we have since expanded into other products, some of which are used every day. And we feel that there are a lot of people out there who would like the opportunity to design a product that is unique, it's individualistic, uh, and it allows them to uh, essentially uh, show what they're all about to their, to their friends and, and other travelers. So back in 2018, Away Luggage had already exploded on the scene as basically the first direct-to-consumer suitcase luggage brand, and it positioned itself actually as more of a travel lifestyle brand. Did Away's success and, you know, even the success of other D2C brands play a role in inspiring you to sell luggage on the internet? Well, Away certainly is a very successful brand. They've done it. They've done a terrific marketing job, uh, but they were just really getting out of the starting uh, gate when we uh, conceptualized what we were going to do with Rome. So we were certainly were aware of the of the growing importance of direct-to-consumer, uh, but what really influenced us was the fact that uh, beginning in the late 90s, uh, during the dot-com bust, uh, followed by the uh, the tragic events of 9-11, the financial crisis, what really happened was that the specialty luggage store channel, uh, which formed, uh, I would say, the basis for Toomey's growth, provided the basis for Toomey's growth uh, during the 80s and the 90s, uh, had begun to shrink. And it really uh, was decimated by those series of events because of the of the of the shrinkage. We had probably, I would say, eleven twelve hundred doors uh, in the nineties, and by the late two thousands, that number of, of of doors, I should say, wholesale the wholesale channel, third party retail stores, had shrunk from over twelve hundred eleven twelve hundred to probably about four hundred doors. So the decimation, the severe drop in numbers of specialty stores, plus our concept, which was creating a customized product that people would design themselves, uh, certainly lent itself to a direct-to-consumer model. And the internet was a very efficient way of allowing people to design their own product by uh, using the uh, their devices to uh, create a digital version of a, of a product that we would, in essence, make uh, by hand in Georgia for them. So can you walk us through Rome's online sales platform and how a potential customer can explore and customize the carry-on of their dreams? The, the first thing that people do is, is pick a size. Uh, they decide which size uh, will meet their travel needs. And we offer two versions of our hard side luggage. One is a standard version. The second version is the expandable version. The expandable version obviously offers more versatility, uh, more flexibility, allows people who are 
travel and, and, and purchase some things during their trips to have extra room for the journey home. So our expandable versions of, 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 the, of the four standard hard side sizes actually are outselling the standard version by a, a, a visible amount. It's our number one product category. So people will first pick the size they want. Do they want to carry on? Do they want a check-in piece? How are they going to use it? How often, how many days will they normally travel for? These are all things that go into that decision. Then they'll have an opportunity to, to choose the colors, starting with the with the shell colors. It's possible with Rome to, to choose a different color for the front shell and a, uh, a separate color, a different color for the back shell. So somebody can end up either with a monotone piece of luggage that has a front and back shell of the same color, matching colors, or they can end up with a with a black front shell and a red back shell or a blue front shell and a gray back shell. The next step would be to choose the zipper color. We have, uh, I think it's nine current colors. Uh, then choose the binding color. The binding are some strips uh, that go around the zipper, and they provide what, what we call a racing stripe. Uh, very often, somebody will choose one color of a shell, another color for a zipper, and a racing stripe differentiator for the binding. In other words, they will choose a, a separate color for the binding that essentially creates the illusion of having a racing stripe on the luggage. Someone goes on to choose the color of the wheels, the carry handles, and finally the monogram patch. And how long does it take to get the luggage delivered to you after someone customizes it? Well, a normal time to produce each piece is five to 10 working days. And then you allow the shipping time on top of that. The holiday period, obviously, there's a surge in demand. We might run a few days uh, slower than that. Uh, but it's also possible to get expedited delivery. If, if somebody needs overnight delivery or two-day service, we can also provide that and expedite the order and move it to the front of the to the front of the queue. So we can make a piece in as little as one day, but the normal time going through a, a typical flow of orders would be five to 10 working days. And there must be thousands of different options you could make with uh, with customizing. Scott, there are millions of different options, but it's not it's not as complicated as it sounds. the uh, The colors the colors that we have were chosen by uh, our designer, who had twenty plus years of experience in, in, in Bloomingdale's fashion department. So they're colors that will uh, will last for years. Uh, these aren't high fashion colors that will change from season to season. And they're colors that work well together. And it's really a fun process that will probably take somebody anywhere from uh, 10 minutes to half an hour or more if they're very creative and they want to try lots of different color combinations. That's the beauty of designing online. Uh, you can instantly see the results of your choices uh, by clicking on the, the color that you want for a particular component. Uh, the luggage will change colors in, in front of you. And you can, you can see what you're creating as you're doing it. It's a, it's, a, it's a fun experience. So in the D2C world, successful online fashion brands like Everlane or Allbirds were able to sell new items to a customer season after season. But luggage companies are limited in terms of how much they can sell their customer. So if Rome puts out a solid and reliable suitcase, a consumer should only need one every 20 or 30 years. So did you think about that when uh, when you launched? Well, we're certainly aware of the fact that luggage is, is a product that's not purchased frequently per se. However, the customers that we're targeting are people who travel with, with some frequency. Uh, we're selling a premium product, so it's, it's an investment. We're not selling something that people use for two or three or four trips and, 
and uh, and are you know ready to throw away because they didn't spend much for it. Uh, or you get what you pay for when, particularly when you're dealing with a with a product that's subjected to the kind of abuse that uh, luggage uh, goes through when it's when it's when it's checked by the airlines. Customers who are traveling frequently, uh, they'll have various sizes of luggage. They'll have various types of products. Some of which of bags that some of which they use for every day some of which they might use for business travel, others that they use for leisure travel, depending on whether they're going for overnight or several days or, or several weeks. Uh, and we've off, we, we offer a variety of products ranging from backpacks and duffel bags and tote bags and uh, various accessories that travel accessories that people could use. So we're not concerned about the fact that people, no, most people don't buy luggage frequently. Uh, there's another factor here that that because we are allowing people to express their personality, uh, we expect that many people will order two or three or four different color combinations. Uh, I don't think the majority of our customers are necessarily buying, uh, have the mentality of buying matched luggage sets. I think they might have one piece with one color combination, a second piece with a second, uh, and so on and so forth. And essentially, they decide what they're going to use depending on the nature of the trip and how they're how they're feeling. Think of the shoe industry. Uh, how long will a pair of shoes last? You can get your your, your shoes uh, resold and, and new heels put on, and a pair of shoes can last 30 years or more, uh, depending on how frequently it's used. The same thing is true for luggage, but people buy new shoes because their taste change, their style changes. And, and I think the luggage that we're making is very much in that mode. It's a bespoke product that essentially will allow people to refresh the uh, color combinations that they're using over time. And uh, we're not concerned about selling one uh, person one piece of luggage that they're going to use for 20 or 30 years, although our luggage is designed to last uh, for a very, very long time. And as we've seen, it's expensive for digitally native brands to build awareness and gain customers. Brands are spending millions of dollars on Facebook and Instagram. So what has been your strategy? In the, in the early days of, uh, of e-commerce and direct-to-consumer marketing, the typical model was uh, bring in as much capital as you can, uh, advertise on, on paid social media, uh, use influencers and grow as fast as you can. And people weren't concerned about, particularly about building a, a, a profitable business model. Uh, certainly not in the early years. The emphasis was on growth rather than on building a sustainable Profitable brand that was was essentially designed for the long term. Coming coming from the, the background, my my business partner Larry Lean, who was executive vice president at Toomey, and I both grew up designing a brand that was that was aimed at people who wanted to have a product that would perform over many years. So that, in essence, creates a a, a business model where you're building something patiently over time rather than injecting lots of capital, doing a lot of advertising, growing as fast as you can within a few years, and, and then seeing where the dust settles. So we've got a, a patient strategy. Uh, we've got a long-term commitment to the brand and to our customers, and uh, that's proved successful in the past, and that's the, that's the way we're building Rome. So tell me about your customer base. Who are they, and what is it about Rome that draws them to your brand? Well, our, our, of course, our customer base is still... Uh, relatively small. We're not doing hundreds of millions of dollars. We, Our first full year of marketing was in uh, 2019. Then came the pandemic uh, and the recovery began in the second part of 2021. 
So we're really in year two, year two and a half at this point. Uh, but what we've been able to learn about our customers to date uh, is that we've certainly, with the early adapters have found Rome. Uh, they've proved that our, our concept of offering bespoke luggage made in America uh, will work. Uh, there are people who have uh, a sense of adventure. They like the idea of, of designing their own product and, and choosing their colors. They uh, they value the experience of travel, uh, and they realize that luggage is not just a, a box uh, with wheels that you put your belongings in. It's got to protect the belongings and get you from A to Z, but they also wanted a, 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 an accessory, an item that, that has a fashion element to it that makes them feel good, that will uh, will induce compliments from fellow travelers and family and friends. So there's a real pride to designing your own piece. Uh, I, I did this myself uh, and not seeing the same design coming and going while you're traveling. So demographically, does it skew more male, female? Women are probably uh, uh, approaching fi- between 55 and 60% of our market at this mm-hmm. stage. But uh, we certainly have many male many male customers and we're it, it's, it's a unisex product concept because men and women can design a product to suit their taste. Uh, if we had off-the-shelf mass-produced luggage, we essentially would pick color combinations that might appeal only to men or only to women or mostly to men or mostly to women. In our case, people have the ability to design colors that essentially uh, will re- reflect their own personality. So you've been close to the travel business for a long time. And you know, since you've started in the business, the relationship between travelers and their luggage has changed. How do you think so? First of all, I think I think luggage has become much more of a fashion accessory today than it was. Uh, people are concerned about the aesthetics. Uh, they certainly value performance, and they uh, they they want a, a a piece of luggage that will travel well for for many years. However, the aesthetics, the colors, the the design of the piece, people are now traveling uh, probably much more for leisure. Uh, I would say upscale leisure travel than they were in the in the 70s and 80s and even into the 90s. At that time, there were really two main categories of travelers. There were the hardcore business travelers, the road warriors, as as we term them. Uh, there were families doing taking vacations. Uh, certainly, uh, couples and, and singles were traveling during during that as well. But most of the people were designing their products to appeal to one group or another. Now there's now business travelers are adding time onto their vacations to to have some personal time. And it's a it's a phenomenon that the airlines have recognized and and we can see that people are taking more frequent trips. There it's no longer the two weeks on the uh, on the seashore or uh, on a lake in a lakeside cabin. People like to travel for three, four day periods, long weekends and, and they're and they're traveling more frequently during the course of the year. This is a big change. Treating the product as a fashion accessory taking more frequent trips, combining business and leisure uh, to, to create a new kind of upscale uh, leisure slash business traveler. So now that the idea of leisure travel is no longer a trend, like you said, it's kind of here to stay. Has that changed your thinking when it comes to launching new products? Well, it hasn't really changed our thinking. I think that it, it probably motivated us to introduce some of our soft bags a little bit sooner than we would have. Uh, that was really induced by the pandemic as much as anything. Uh, when airline travel dropped significantly, that's when we decided, went to the drawing board, we decided to do some duffel bags and 
tote bags and backpacks, which were always part of the plan, but we launched them perhaps uh, 12 to 18 months earlier than we would have uh, if the pandemic hadn't, uh, uh, hadn't occurred. And over the course of your career in the luggage business, you've weathered through three existential crises that would normally cripple a company that's tied to travel. You know, the recession of 1982, the travel slowdown post 9-11, and the extreme aftershocks of COVID. What did you learn from the first two challenges that helped you navigate Rome through the COVID crisis? You forgot the financial crisis. of oh, the financial crisis, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't lacked for challenges. Uh, yeah, I think the most important lesson from that is that uh, travel is, is, is a phenomenon that's only going to grow. Uh, there are some peaks and valleys, and there certainly have been some black swan events that have curtailed travel uh, for a year or two uh, uh, as, as people dealt with the aftermath or the, of, of those events. However, travel is 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 resilient. People in their in their in their sixties and seventies are traveling like people did in their forties and fifties years ago. Younger people, people in their twenties, value the experience and the learning that they get from travel. There's a there's a curiosity. America is a big country, but uh, I think over the over the course of the past twenty years in particular, uh, younger people are realizing that getting beyond our borders and and experiencing other cultures. Uh, is is part of uh, personal growth. So travel is is it certainly has uh, come back with it with a vengeance uh, as the pandemic has begun to become less of a factor, uh, to become more of an endemic than a pandemic. Uh, it shows that travel will be with us forever, and and I think that weathering the storm requires not doing anything that will hurt the brand. You've got to take a long term point of view. You've got to be patient. Uh, put resources into improving the product, into improving the way you go to market. While well, well, a period, a travel slump certainly will cause companies to curtail their marketing, as it did with Rome. Uh, it is a time when you, you you look into a mirror and you say, what things can we do better? Over the course of my career, we practiced uh, the Japanese uh, 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 business approach, which is called Kaizen. Because I, Kaizen means continuous improvement. It means you listen to your customers, you listen to people on your team, not necessarily uh, you listen to everybody who's got ideas. There's no idea that's a bad idea. And customers certainly have taught us uh, what's what's valuable to them, and we 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 implement their dis, their ideas into our designs and into the way we do business. So taking a long term approach, not panicking, uh, remembering that the integrity of the brand is the most important asset that any any brand-oriented company uh, has. And this past summer has been dubbed the summer of lost luggage. Rates of mishandled luggage climbed, leading to more nervous travelers to invest in Bluetooth tracking devices to monitor their suitcase journey online, you know, like the Apple AirTag. Now, Rome has positioned its luggage collection to focus more on functionality and design and less on technology features. So with travelers looking to ease their experience, do you see technology becoming more of a battleground in luggage? And will Rome start exploring and playing in that smart luggage arena? Well, smart luggage was was the rage uh, five, six, seven years ago. Uh, there were several companies that came on the scene and they got a lot of press coverage because they, uh, they had batteries in their luggage and some of them had Bluetooth devices in there and so on and so forth. Uh, it, it was it was basically a fad that lasted for uh, a couple of years. The, I think the press was more infatuated with uh, 
uh, with the, that type of technology than consumers were. Uh, there's a fine line, Scott, between gimmicks and, and useful technology. Most people who travel uh, already own one or more batteries. Uh, in terms of Bluetooth finders, I realized there was a problem this summer because the airlines were uh, went through a number of issues as, as they expanded their capacity and they were, they were short of people. Uh, however, technology for airlines in terms of tracking luggage is much better today than it was five or 10 years ago. Uh, with their barcodes, they can they can they can pretty much tell where luggage is and, and get it back to people within a reasonable period. So we're 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 not gimmick happy. Uh, you never say no to looking at opportunities to improve the product, but batteries or Bluetooth finders are not on our horizon because if people want those, they can, they can buy them separately, uh, and and uh, we don't think that we need to build the cost and the and the added weight that comes from from batteries and some of the other things into luggage. And Rome is really all about customization and customization quickly grew from a growing trend into a movement with consumers even looking to have their luxury bags painted. You know, the uniqueness really makes it even more covetable. So has Rome been thinking about taking customization to the next level, you know, perhaps something more subversive like painting on the luggage or things like along those lines? Well, we we always have uh, we we do our fair share of brainstorming and and we toss around lots of different ideas uh, and and we've got things in the pipeline. Stay tuned. Uh, I think I think you'll be seeing some interesting uh, developments uh, in the in the coming months. So, from all the data you've collected, have you seen any trends in how people are customizing their Rome luggage post pandemic versus pre pandemic? Well, again, given the fact that we're talking about self-expression and building a bespoke product, uh, it, it's very difficult to I would to, to identify true trends. Uh, over half our people will choose one color for the front shell and a second color for the back shell. People who are who are more daring in terms of their color combinations uh, are probably more daring in, in in terms of the clothes they wear, uh, and they might try combinations that are. Uh, a little bit edgier than people who are more conservative. Uh, the beauty of Rome is that you can choose uh, whatever color combination suits you. Uh, you you can you can have a, uh, a matching front and back shell. It can all be in black with red trim. Very simple, very masculine design. Or somebody could design what take one of our new colors, the uh, Carolina lilac or the Ibiza sky, and uh, and design design that with pink trim. Identifying a particular trend when you've got so many combinations is 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 a, is a very difficult task. Uh, I would say that the new colors we introduced the uh, just a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. uh, which is a, a a red and a blue and a, and a lilac, uh, all three of those colors are what I would call right on fashion uh, fashion trends. Uh, they're not; it's not high fashion. They're not in for a season, out for an, uh, out the next season, but they are fashionable colors that uh, people are reacting very, very well to. So where would you say Rome is in the life cycle of its being a brand since it's launched in 2018 to now? Well, we're, we're no longer a newborn. I guess we're, we're entering, uh, entering grade school. We've got, we've got a lot of growth in front of us. Uh, we've uh, evolved. We've made some changes in product and changes in the way we go to market uh, uh, over the past couple of years, but we're at a we're an early stage company that has uh, plenty of, of, uh, of growth in front of us. 
So looking forward five years, how do you want the how do you want Rome to grow? Five years is a is a is a relatively long time in today's day when uh, when when change is so rapid. So it's difficult to have a what I would say an accurate crystal crystal ball five years out. But we certainly will have a broader product line. We'll be in more product categories. Uh, customization of designing bespoke luggage will still be at the at the uh, the the core element of the brand. And it's very likely that we will have some retail points of sale by then. Uh, the direct to consumer lends itself, as I said, particularly with customization to uh, online the online experience. However. Uh, we are familiar with with retail brick and mortar stores. We like the idea of a of being able to interact with consumers in, in real time, one on one. So that is is part of our business plan going forward uh, over the next several years. Charlie Clifford, co-founder and director of Rome. Thanks so much for coming on Facing the Giants. I really enjoyed our conversation. All right, Scott. Thank you. I appreciate your having me on, and uh, uh, it's a pleasure meeting you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Facing the Giants. Please tell a friend about the show. Now that you know this show, go check out my other podcast, The Luxury Item. It's a podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the industry. You can find The Luxury Item wherever you found this podcast. Facing the Giants is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'll be back soon with another episode.